Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 245. Today, we're diving into everything from energy fields to quantum physics, and most importantly, the three steps you need to change your reality. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Ryder Champouillon. Ryder, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Heather. Uh, we've been friends for a very long time and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast for quite a few years now. And I'm glad that we actually had this opportunity to uh, exchange and share a little bit. Totally agree. Because I think, yeah, we met almost two years ago and finally mm-hmm. just the stars aligned. And I was like, writer, I want to talk about quantum physics. You said you have some background and experience. And I was like, let's do this. Yeah. That's going to be excellent. Yeah. Before we dive in, give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Cool. So I live on Long Island in New York, uh, and I am the person that people come to to fix things, right? So my purpose in life is to help 10 billion people move, think, and feel better easily for a lifetime. Uh, I've spent my life traveling around the world, living with monks, becoming ordained as a Taoist priest myself, uh, getting several master's degrees in East Asia healthcare, acupuncture, herbal pharmacology, uh, energetics and breathwork, coaching. I own a gym. So I, I got a lot of hats that I wear, um, all with the sole purpose of trying to make the world a better place by helping people to be able to move, think, and feel better easily for a lifetime. That is a mouthful. But it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I realized that you had all those backgrounds, but that is amazing. So how did you get into, through all of that, to study or learn about quantum physics? Believe it or not, like people, quantum physics is a new study, right? It's a new field of research. It's been around for quite some time now, but it's starting to come to the forefront of personal development and mindset coaching and, and health and physiology. However, these are things that have been around for millennia, right? These are actually practices that have their roots and their origins in traditional shamanic practices, in temples and monasteries, um, and in personal betterment throughout history, right? Like people have always been working on trying to answer the questions of the unanswerable, what is life? What's the point of life? Why are we here? How do things work? And trying to gain some sort of balance over balance with the environment and controls of themselves. And in my mind, that's really what quantum physics is. Like you can go into the math behind it and the science, but, but that doesn't do anything for anybody, right? We can write math on a whiteboard all day long, and that's just scribbles on a whiteboard. The art and science of it is actually being able to change your body, change your state of your, your life and your emotions, and make the world a better place because of making yourself a better person. And that's quantum physics as applied to human science. Um, and can we give like just a basic or general definition? What is quantum physics? Because I, 
I mean, you can, there, it's so deep and you can get like really lost in technicalities. And I just went like, what is the super basic? What is quantum physics? Yeah. So like you said, it's there, there are theories and theories and theories and people far, far smarter than me with multiple doctorates still trying to figure this out. Like it's, it's theories. They're not laws, they're ideas, they're principles. Um, the simplest one that I really use is the idea that the smallest things in the universe vibrate at a frequency and like throwing rocks into the pond, you throw one little pebble in, there's one set of ripples. You throw two pebbles in, now there's two sets of ripples at the point where they over, where they react is where things start to change, right? So every cell in our body, every atom in existence, every cell in our body, every organ in our body vibrates at different frequencies and different vibrations. And the universe has its own vibrations. And there's a matter of a place somewhere inside of us or outside of us where there's friction, right? We all have had that moment where we flow in state, right? Where everything's effortless, like you're skiing down the mountain or maybe you're cooking or you're dancing, but you have that moment where you're just flowing and things are good and they feel nice. That's when those vibrations sync up. Kind of like uh, grandfather clocks, right? You set those pendulums to start swinging. They might be opposite to start off with, but you come back in a month or two and all of a sudden they're in train together. And that vibratory entrainment is what we're doing, right? We're learning how to use our minds, our body, and our breath to create our vibration fields to start to match the vibration fields of the greater universe around us. Yes. Also, well, I, I want to ask, so pretty much literally everything is energy, even though like this table I think is solid, everything is moving energy. Yes. But when you're talking about those vibrations in, is it more or less alignment? So when you're in flow, you're in alignment with your desires and the wants. And when shit's hit the fan or not going well, or you're in a funk, yeah. it's because your, your thoughts are not in alinement with yeah, yeah that's that's an absolutely great way of looking at it, right? That's a very okay. linear, like your alignment. Um, some people think about it like catching the wave, right? Like you mm. catch that wave, you drop it at the right time, and you can ride along with it, right? Some people call it being in balance. Some people call it being in harmony, right? But there's there's this time where there's friction and shit just ain't working right, and there's time where it's like, ooh, this is easy. I used to call it the crystalline moment, the perfect moment. I have a tattoo on my leg. It's all for that one perfect moment. Right. It's where everything kind of becomes crystalline. It becomes perfect and pristine. You're like, oh, stand still and move slowly, but quickly. And you can feel everything. It's what, that's what that is for me. Right. So it's about, it's about being in that balance, being able to find that point of being in flow or being in alignment where things just move because you've, you've come to that rhythm that everything is, it's like bouncing on a trampoline. Right. If you have like four kids bouncing on a trampoline, it's all crazy. But when you sync up, Oh, you can do a lot more with a lot less. Yeah. Can we go back to when you like, when you got to experience quantum physics and the power of your mind body connection, when you had the kidney failure, that whole, yeah. what happened to you? <laughs> yeah. So this was actually pretty recent. It's a kind of crazy story. Um, I was recently had a, it was the end of last, this previous year. And being that deductibles were made and all that, I went and had a test for uh, my blood works. And it came back that there was a little elevated protein in my urine. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm an athlete. I work out a lot. I work out at high, at high intensity. It's like, I'm not too, too surprised about that. The doctor's like, hey, you know what? Let's get it checked out. So uh, they sent me to a urologist. 
And he did a, a screening and came back and he was like, oh, my God, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, you should be dead. Your kidneys are failing. You're going to need like to be on on dialysis for the rest of your life. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, all right, cool. Like, we need to send you for kidney biopsy. We need to do more urinary screenings. And he's telling me that my protein levels were more than 10 times the fatal limit for somebody my age and activity where they should be at the high end, like, oh my God, you need to go to the hospital, 300 milligrams. I was at three grams. I was at 3,000 milligrams of protein in my urine. And I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. So like, at first thing for us, I was like, I got to take care of my state, right? So lesson number one, like, don't overreact, right? Maintain yourself, keep a calm, cool mind, look at the options, right? One of the things in quantum theory and quantum physics is that every option is a potential reality. Right. So like what rabbit hole do you want to choose? If you choose to live in a state of like, ah, like guess what your reality is going to bring to the table. Right. If you choose to live in a state of like, okay, cool. How can I handle this? You're going to have a calmer, cooler, collective position. So I was like, all right, what tests can we do beforehand? Like, let's, let's schedule it out. I understand it. It's going to be next week sometime. Cool. I'm down with it if I need it, but what other tests could we do that potentially rule out that option? And it was like, blah, 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 blah. So long story short, it's like two days before I'm supposed to go for a kidney biopsy. They're taking out like grape sized pieces of my kidneys because uh, they need a large uh, tissue sample. I go for an ultrasound and the doctor's like, you have the most blood flow in anybody's kidneys I've ever seen in my life. Like you are probably one of the healthiest people I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, that's what I thought. <laughs> like I was working out the morning of the day the doctor told me that I was going into kidney failure. I'm like, most people are going kidney failure are not exercising. So I, uh, the nights before, I was like, listen, I got I to gotta have commitment. I have to have certainty, right? If you have a lack of certainty in anything that you're doing, the chances of it coming to fruition are going to be very minimalized. So I was like, I need to dive into this. I need to believe in this. And this is my opportunity now. And I was talking to a friend of ours, Jasmine, who's been on your show. And I was like, Jazz, I, I really feel like this is my, my Joe Dispenza moment. Right. And Dr. Joe Dispenza is goes deep into this, a great resource for people that are looking into how to balance their mind and body and quantum physics. And I was like, I feel like this is my Joe Dispenza moment. Joe Dispenza broke his back, was told he'd never walk again, and ended up like healing it through breathing and visualizations and belief in his body being able to do so. And now he's up able to walk around and shows all this great stuff. So like I feel like this is my moment like to commit. Be like, listen, this is all the eggs in one basket. I'm burning the boats, I'm taking the islands. This is it. Yeah. So I sat down, and I was like, okay, cool. I said, I was like, what, what does it feel like when I move my arm? Do I have any question that my arm is going to move? I was like, no. When I think about moving my arm, my arms move. I was like, cool. I need to have that same kind of feeling in my body towards the future that I'm trying to move towards. So I was like, cool. All right, that's it. I'm, it's fine. My kidneys are fine. My kidneys are fine. My kidneys are fine. My kidneys are fine. Kept drilling into my head, believing it, believing it, believing it. I go to the doctor's office. And it's funny because I sat in the car in the parking lot beforehand and I'm listening to Joe Dispenza kind of just get my brain in the right, right mood for this. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up for one of his courses too. I'm really going to go fully in. I'm going to sign up for a live course and, and delve deeper into this rabbit hole. So I'm in the car. I'm buying the course before I go to the kidney specialist. I go in and see the kidney specialist and he's like, all right, cool. So uh, I'm going to review your tests. And I was like, all right, I got a question. And coming from that cool, calm place now, I had a couple of days to think about it. I questioned him again. And in questioning him again, he looks at his computer and he goes, holy fuck, you've got to be kidding me. And like freaks out, like scared, fear in his voice and surprised and startlement at the same time. Now, this is not like some Joe Smo. This is one of the heads of the hospitals for kidney health. Like the guy is a top line guy in our area. And 
he's freaking out. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> what's going on? He goes, I can't believe it. He's like, I fucked up. He's like, I read the wrong lines. I crisscrossed this one here and that one here. He's like, your kidneys are hundred percent fine. So I had two doctors, three or four different tests that were all saying like my kidneys needed to be like basically taken out and fixed. And all of a sudden, oops, I messed up. Things are hundred percent fine. Now, some people would be like, oh, they're probably correct all along and they just made a mistake from the beginning. Me personally, I believe to think that just like a railroad track, you can pull that lever and switch the tracks from being this way to go in that direction, that my force of will, my constant determination and commitment that there was no other option for my life to be led, change that track to derail from one side to the other side, changing my future by changing my current present reality. I would 100% agree with you. Uh, obviously, I have nothing to back that other than belief, but I'm also reading this book. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's Reality Trans Surfing. I'm only 100 pages in. It's an 800-page book, but literally what you just said about this train track, and, and they talk about lifelines, but you can literally, if you're currently in a lifeline and it's not a reality you want, by the power of belief and visualization and alignment and the vibration, you can literally jump to another lifeline, mm -hmm. the reality you do want. 100% believe it. 100% believe it. So I do a lot of uh, background thinking too. One of my favorite experiments to do with myself and with my clients is uh, I call it the fork in the road regression. How did you get to this point right now? Like what were the forks in the road that made you veer off here and then led to that one? Led to, it's like going down the family tree backwards, yeah. right? And like I led to having this conversation with you because when I was eight years old, it was January 2nd, my house was robbed in Queens. And the gentleman that robbed our house stole my grandfather's social security and pension money for that month, as well as all my Christmas presents from the Christmas tree. Right. So because my house got robbed in Queens, my family made choices that diverted me from one path of existence to a completely other path of existence based on those options and those choices that were made at that time. Right. So that's being reactatory to state that's going on. Right. And when we live in the past, what so many people do, you wake up in the morning searching for the same familiar feelings you had yesterday. Right. How do I feel as compared to the past? And then you get up and you go through the same exact routine that you did yesterday. Right. You're reliving the past in your current reality rather than waking up in the morning. And your first thought being, what do I want from today? Where do I want to go in my future? Who do I need to be in my future? What do I need to learn, do, become, believe to be that person in the future? Where then you're steering yourself towards that which hasn't happened yet, but will happen because now you're directed towards it, right? If the headlights were in the back of the car, you're living in the past, you look in the rearview mirror, you're never going to get to a better destination than where you were. But when you're looking forward and trying to create towards that reality, now you can have a predictable outcome of certainty towards the future. And that's the big difference in quantum physics, right? It's that argument of brain plasticity versus brain rigidity. Right, where your neurons are stuck in one format and they're just not going to change because they're stuck living in the past, living in usually fear, lack, and uncertainty, or they're moving towards the future and being able to find abundance and gratitude. So I'm curious, from your, your kidney, the doctors, and that experiment, what you did, have you experimented since to see, okay, was that just a fluke or what is the power of my mind? I haven't had any major, like, <laughs> I'm gonna actually I did have one that was kind of funny actually and it was one of those ones I should have pulled a trigger on and after the fact I was like oh that opportunity actually came to real because we, we do this constantly 
right? Like we, we set ourselves up for success or failure without even realizing it. You may be going to a party, be like, oh, I don't feel like going. This is going to suck. I don't want to go. And then what happens when you get there? Typically, you're miserable unless you finally get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to change this now. I'm going to have some fun and loosen up, right? So like we do these things unconsciously, right? The, the, the beauty of it is when you turn on the conscious process and gain control of the autopilot. autopilot. So it was the beginning of the COVID thing going on. And I was like, ah, you know, greedy, self-righteous kind of thing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to manifest money. That's what everybody always wants to manifest, right? It's like never it's like love and hope and peace and beauty. It's like $1,000, hundred thousand dollars right like so i was like ah you know what like let me let me manifest money i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna manifest i'm gonna use the same principle of moving my arm that belief in the future and the certainty that tomorrow like a hundred thousand dollars is gonna come to me i would love a hundred thousand dollars it's not a large amount of money but it would make things a little easier with the with the covid situation that's going on so i sat there and i was like all right hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars gonna come to me tomorrow it's gonna come to me tomorrow i'm gonna have an opportunity for hundred thousand dollars tomorrow now fortunately i wasn't specific enough what ended up happening was one of my friends who does a lot of like importing, exporting, and has a lot of intercontinental uh, contacts, uh, was working on a deal on actually bringing in medical devices before the scarcity happened, right? Before there was a drought of them. So he was trying to make sure and button up some contracts with government institutions and hospitals, large-scale vendors. And he came to me. He's like, listen, it's like I don't know much about medicine. What are the quality of these products that I'm looking for? Who should I be connecting to? That kind of stuff. Like, how do I know what's good for medical devices? So I gave him some information, connected him to some people that I knew. And we were working on some deals for this. And it was like two, three days later. That fact, I was like, ah, okay, cool. So like, it did come. I gave myself the opportunity for a $100,000 deal. It didn't pan out because I wasn't specific enough in my goal. Right. And I believe that if I was more specific and I put down more dates, times, numbers, means, method, and like as Thinking Grow Rich says, what am I willing to pay to do so? Right. I'm going to give my time and my energy to work towards this goal because nothing comes from nothing. Right. There's always equal flow back and forth. Uh, it probably would have came to fruition. So it was a learning experience for me, but it was literally like the next day I went to sleep. I'm like, think about this, think about this. I woke up, text message on my phone from him. I was like, huh, what does he want? Who? Deal. It was like two, three days later. I was like, wait a minute. It did happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, well, that was a pretty big one. It was cool. But something you shared there is maybe you weren't specific enough, but at, at the mm-hmm. same time, well, because we're talking money, I'll share with you. So it was actually right before COVID as well. It was March 1st. And for shits and giggles, I decided to put myself through my own experiment because I want to practice what I preach. So I gave myself 14 days and I didn't know how, but I, I was also reading Pam Grout's book, E-Squared, which I love. And so it's all about energy experiments, that thoughts become things, what you put out, you get back. Mm-hmm. So I specifically put out that I wanted to manifest $10,000 because that was something I could wrap my head around. Ten grand mm-hmm. in 14 days. Okay. In the first two days, $4,500 came my way. And I was like, shit, this is fun. Why didn't I go bigger? Mm-hmm. But then... At the end of the 14 days, and I just want to share that like the money came in avenues I would have never expected or thought of, but I ended up with 10,600 at the end of my experiment. Awesome. That's how powerful the thoughts are when you're in alignment. And so for you, if you were, okay, so now you can, what would you do differently if you want to throw out that hundred grand or you want to manifest a trip or a relationship or whatever you want? How do you be more specific yet let go? Yeah. So the first step for everybody, right? Because this is, this is 
for me, like I've been doing this stuff for a long, long time. And every time I do it, I realize like an onion that there's another layer of expertise that goes into it, right? And this more sophistication. And at first, like you're a you're a rough carpentry. I have no idea what you do. And eventually you start to be able to learn some stuff, but eventually like you're the master craftsman. Not there yet. Still not. Right? Like so. Um, but the first step, the very, very first step is you need to, must hundred percent have, must be coming from a place of gratitude, right? Because when you have gratitude, it triggers off in your neurochemistry that has already happened, right? So it's that same idea of the headlights being in the front of the car. You're seeing the future. You're experiencing as it's happening. Now, the crazy thing that happens as you do that, your brain is actually rewiring itself and laying down more nerves and thicker nerves, like, like bandwidth to your computer. Bigger cable means more power going into it, means more communication, right? So your brain does this and it'll lay down more and more. And the more you do it, like muscle memory has nothing to do with your muscles. It has to do with your nerves firing those muscles smoother. We get muscle memory in our brain for our emotions and for these things. So your brain will start to create it into a reality. The other thing that starts to happen is when your brain starts to create it into a reality, reality and you're coming from a place of conscious gratitude from your heart, your heart waves and your brain waves start to sync up. Right. So now you have two things that are starting to, again, like those rocks in the ponds that are no longer going like this. They're starting to go, oh, right. And as those two being big electron centers, right, your brain is a big, like electromagnetic field battery. It's pumping out electric all day long. Your heart is even bigger. It's a smaller bundle, but it has a different type of nerve density that actually puts out more EMF fields. When those two start to sync up, you become like a major battery. And that battery starts to send those wavelengths out. And what's kind of cool is Dr. Joe has done a lot of research on this, where he's put people in the front of the room with uh, heart monitors on, like 10 people, and had everybody else in the room like send those people love and gratitude. And he's watched all 10 people's heart waves, heart rhythms sync up in the beat and the pauses in between the beats. So they're not doing anything. They're just chilling out. 10 people's hearts sync up simultaneously to beat at the same rate and rhythm, which is crazy, right? And then he started doing it, measuring the EMF fields that the people meditating were bringing out. And the more that you work on doing these practices, what he's found out is by, by doing these practices in certain breathworks where you breathe in from like the pelvic floor, pulling it up, it puts pressure onto the pineal gland. And the pineal gland has been the gland of enlightenment throughout time right? The Egyptians used it, the Mayans used it, Chinese used, Chinese used it. It's been in imagery for finding an enlightenment and a vision state or higher resonance fields throughout our eternity. What it does, it's actually a piezoelectric mechanism. So it's a big, crazy word, which means when you squeeze it, it creates electric, right? It's pressure, piezoelectric. So when pressure is exuded on it, it starts to release its chemicals, and then it starts to also create electric, now, its first set of chemicals are melatonin and serotonin, right? So daytime and nighttime, which are the base levels of our body's neuroendocrine system. But what's really cool about this, right? Once you get this place of gratitude, and you have your heart and your mind put together, and you start breathing in this circular pattern where you pull up through the spinal column, focusing on the top of your head, and now starts to activate the pineal glands. And as that pineal gland starts to produce more electric waves, those electric waves actually start to change melatonin and serotonin, and serotonin being the happy daytime molecule, into higher states of it. 
the last state, there's several, and I can't go through them all because there are lots of syllables and letters and numbers. The last one is what's known as the the God molecule or the spirit molecule of DMT, which okay. shamans have been used for ayahuasca trips. Um, it's in different types of mushrooms and peyotes and different synthesized drugs around the world. But in life, typically it's only released at two points. For those people that haven't found enlightenment, it's released at death when the mother's uterus, I'm sorry, at birth when the mother's uterus is squeezing the child so much the baby's coming out and the pressure exudes life into the brain. Mm-hmm. And then this, and the second one being death as those energies release and go into vibration with the rest of the universe, right? So the crazy thing is when you start to come from a place of your heart and your mind in unison, I'm going to be grateful for what I want to believe. And then you start to work on this breath pattern to change the chemicals in your brain. Your brain and your heart will actually start to radiate out a larger electromagnetic field which means that the vibrations that you're creating have a larger antenna to reach out into the world around you. The larger that wavelength gets and the further it gets away from you, the more change you're able to manifest. Now, as long as you're in that gratitude place, in that heartfelt place, you're going to be at the same sink that the rest of the world is. So you get a bigger boulder dropping into that water, creating a bigger wave to match the universe around you. So the simple thing, I ended up getting really long and complicated, right? The simple thing, starting off from a place of gratitude, yeah, right? Gratitude being number one. Number two, try to define as clearly as possible what you want in your mind's eye while you're thinking from your heart, that place of gratitude. Number three, I would say, and it's like the technical tip, is as you breathe in, inhale, and imagine like – Maybe like you're, you're grabbing a spider's web or a thread that exists at the, the bottom of the groin, right? At the bottom of the pelvic floor. And you tighten those muscles up and pull up as you're inhaling until you feel your tension come to the top of your head. And what that does is that pulls up the center of your electromagnetic field and ends up allowing that brain to start changing the chemistry, which starts changing how that EMF field radiates around you. So it turns the battery on. Those are the, two, the three things I would say, like, those are the three steps towards doing these processes with any kind of certainty things will change. Now, how you visualize those things, it could be used for good or for bad. So only do good people, first of all, right? Yeah. Um, but make sure that you're, you're doing it from a place of true, true, true gratitude. If you're not coming from that moment of like, hey, I'm really, really happy and grateful and thankful, it's not going to pan out because you're already be vibrating off sync from where you want to be. Yeah. So I think the big thing to, to, cause that was a lot of scientific and data and I'd be like, what if somebody's new to this, I think that's going to be overwhelming, but to no. kind of be <laughs> quantum physics is complicated, <laughs> right? But to Ch- be, changing the world to create your reality is not an easy thing. This is like what the magicians did for centuries, you know, like, the shamans learned this stuff. It was taught father or son. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I just went to the store and read a book. And that's why so many people, like it's now because there's information everywhere. People are getting little bits and pieces of this, but people are also manifesting things in their life that they don't want because they don't know how to like set up a nice protective field around them so that the boogeyman can't come in, right? Or say, hey, like, oh, I'm not going to do this from a place of fear. Oh God, uh, I need more money because I'm broke. I need more money because I'm broke. I need more money. What are you putting out then? Right. Right. So these are very complicated things and they're also very powerful. And that's part of the reason why they've been held in secrecy for so long is because 
if you don't do it from the right place of being, being like a happy, joyful heart that you want to radiate good and love and joy out into the world, what you radiate out is going to come back. And if you're radiating out any fear, any doubt, guess what's going to come back exponentially? Yeah. Well, right? and so, yeah, simplicity terms. So even people are getting what they don't want. It's because that's what you're focused on. And literally, I think what we're saying is that your thought creates this energy that will then exude out the energy fields or whatever you said. And mm-hmm. that brings back whatever you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So if you're focused on the gratitude, the love and abundance and, and possibility, you're going to get more of it. If you're focused on worry, stress, fear, scarcity, you're going to get more of that. So it literally is yep. the power of your thought and what you're exuding. That is what is coming into your life. Yeah. Yeah. And think about it, right? Like if you are focusing on the possibility of what can happen, you are creating your reality. Yeah. Right. You are creating your future. Right. If I think about how happy it could be to see you right now, I'm like, yes, Heather's in front of me. If I'm like, I want to think about how miserable it is to see you right now. I'd be like, oh, fuck, Heather's in front of me. Yeah. How's that going to play forward? Yeah. Right. My, my relationship with the universe is going to change differently from that moment on. Right. So doing these things like before you go to bed to set you up for the next morning. Hey, I lived a great night tonight. What do I want? How do I want to sleep tonight so that I feel full of energy and vibrant with vitality in the morning? Right. And then when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you be like, ah, I'm alive. This is great. Rather than like, oh, fuck, my back hurts. This sucks. I got to go to work. Like mm. your experience of going to work will be greatly different, even if you fake it to be like, this is great. I'm alive. The yeah. truth be told, though, you feel 10 times better when you actually realize that being alive is a blessing. Yeah. Right. A million plus people die every night while you're asleep. If you've made it through that Russian roulette, that's pretty fucking cool. It's worth yeah. a smile. <laughs> yeah. OK, so then question for you. Uh, how about how can we tie in quantum physics with energy? Because if I believe that we're all connected. And so that's why the whole, when you have a thought about somebody and then they call or you hear from them, or if you're, let's say, because I, I can speak from personal experience when uh, dating in the early stages, if, if you're having thoughts, if I wonder if he's into me or feeling insecure or the lack or whatever, the person's going to feel that and probably want to disconnect from you because there, there's this, uh, but if you, cause mm-hmm. I've also experimented to change <laughs> around and focused on the good qualities or feeling the confidence and feeling fun and flirty. And then it's like, it brings them back. So can we talk about this relational energy we have with people? Yeah. So like we said earlier, right? The, you start off with the desk analogy, which is great. The desk as firm as it is, is 99. Nine 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 percent empty, right? It's point zero 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 one percent stuff, and that stuff actually only exists from moments of time, right? So when you talk about quantum fields and atoms and these subatomic particles, they exist, and then all of a sudden they blink out of existence and go to the other side of the universe, someplace far away, pop up there, and then pop up back here again. Right. So nothing is ever the same moment to moment. It's a different atom being there. Right. If you looked at that atom, right, <clears throat> tell you about how small these things are and why you can't notice that they're gone or not. Right. If you made the nucleus of an atom the size of an SUV, so like think your favorite truck, right? The electron that circulates around it, around that SUV, it's gonna be the size of a chickpea. 
all right? That chickpea is in that space that the chickpea circulates around, right? So you got the SUV here and you have this chickpea circulating around it. The space inside that circulation is 85,000 square miles. Not inches, not feet, 85,000, it's a lot of miles, yeah. <laughs> right? So think about that, an SUV with a chickpea, 85,000 square miles around it. That's a lot of nothingness going on in there, yeah. right? That nothingness is where that vibration is exchanged. That is information, right? When you take two atoms and put them together, you now have a chemical, right? Like sodium and chloride come together and they make salt, right? Those two things, when they bond together, they don't actually like connect. Their circles start to gently overlie each other, right? So now you have a Venn diagram where there's a section in the center where those ripples meet, right? So each circle is vibrating on its own and those ripples meet. Now you take that chemical and you put it together and you have multiple chemicals. Eventually you get to a cell and a cell ends up becoming an, a, a tissue and a tissue ends up becoming an organ, an organ into a system, right? Like your cardiovascular system, your neurological system. That's all those systems then add up to becoming a being, an organism, right? So I have all these different layers of vibrations from my atoms to my cells, to my chemicals, to my tissues, all the way up to my body. You have your own. The earth has its own. The universe has its own, right? But the math behind it is all exactly the same. They all have the same beat to them. Mm -hmm. Right? So when two people come together, imagine a person with a field around them and a person with a field around them, right? You have your bubbles and the bubbles come together and they can touch and they can merge into one. They can touch and be like, uh, and bounce away, depending on what that vibration is. Yeah. Right? You ever been to a drum circle? Mm. Like a drum circle. I know you've been to drum circles before. Okay, yeah. Right? So people sit around. You can have <clears throat> a bunch of people that have no idea what they're doing, and they beat on their drums, and it just sounds like ruckus, right? But all of a sudden, if you have two or three people in that drum circle that actually know how to keep a beat and keep a rhythm, that have worked on themselves, that they've been able to change and produce what their body's able to do in the area around them, they start beating. They find a rhythm. What happens to everybody else? Everybody else finds that same rhythm. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's the same thing. <clears throat> Right. If you go into into somebody's circle and you have poopy foot going on, right? Like he just farted and stinks and it's bad. You bring that badness into their circle. Are they going to want to have that poopy foot in their circle? Probably not. <laughs> going to put them out. Right. I was coaching with somebody the other day. This young girl was telling me about how uh, she had a breakthrough, and she's like, "I'm I'm lonely. I'm lonely because I'm having a fucking pity party for myself." Every day, all I do all day long is beat myself up for what I'm not doing. Why would anybody want to be with me? If all I'm doing all day long is talking shit about myself, make myself feel like crap, who wants to come to my pity party? I was like, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to come to your pity party because it sucks. <laughs> right? So like, her, now she's working on trying to figure out how for herself, what does she want? Who does she want to be? and how to bring those aspects into herself now, right? If you want to look at yourself with the time machine in the future and be like, ooh, that's, I want to have this physique. Well, you can't sit down and do nothing. You got to work towards that. And working towards that, you make those change. Same thing emotionally. When you work towards having an emotional improvement in yourself, holding yourself to a higher state or to a more open, beautiful heart or being more confident about who you are, more flirtatious to your feminine side, right? Entering that divine goddess stage, then that resonates out you're creating that vibration to beat at a different rhythm. 
somebody else that has a different rhythm might come in and be like, ah, right. As we grow up, we get that phase in life where like, we don't want to date from the bar scene anymore. Right. When you're younger, it's exciting and fun. And it's different. But all of a sudden, like your vibration changes, their vibration is still here. And you're like, yeah. And you meet you're like, no, no, it just isn't what it used to be. Friends as we grow up. Right. You have friends from high school. You meet them again. You're like, we used to be like this. Now we're like, ah, and you feel there's that friction. There's that, that intensity of like ah, things awkward, grinding, trying to get those pieces to fit in together. They don't interlock and they don't merge the way they should because they're vibrating differently. It's like having two different drummers playing two different songs. You go, ah, isn't working. You're off beat. A thought I had about the girl you shared uh, having a pity party. I think it's also, I'm, I'm just very visual, something to think about. If you're having a funk, a pity party day like she was, or just a bad day, it's kind of like a dark, stormy, cloudy day. And in order to get out of that, back into the sunshine, blue sky, whatever, the way I do it or experience it is, one, I have to feel it and observe it because if you, whatever you resist persists. So if you just try to stuff it down, it'll stay. So instead, it's like you observe it, you let it go, and then I move. So whether that's dancing, going for a run, and then because that changes your focus, and then if you can change into, if she thought things like I am, I am lovable or I am fun, I am whatever, and then so that also changes the vibration and the energy and that all you do yourself it's not outside of you yes yes it's mind body and breath yeah right that's why my goal in life is teach people how to move think and feel better for the rest of their lives yeah right you have to have that combination of three things it's what you think what you feel and what you focus on yeah it's always mind body and breath well, and that might answer this next question, but what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? You are in control, right? You, you are the author of your book, right? You get to write that book as you go on and it gets to play out for you. If you want to have a good ending or a bad ending, that is up to you, but you actually have to write it. Just thinking about it doesn't also do it, right? There, there's this big misconception like, if I just think about it, it's going to happen. No, it's called think and grow rich, right? Growing is an active process, right? There's challenges to overcome just because you put it out there once doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come the very first time, right? Lessons come to us or challenges come to us for two reasons. One, to realize if we've learned the lesson, to allow it to stop hitting us in the head. If I keep doing this, this keeps happening. How many times have we all gone like, oh, I'm not going to drink tequila ever again, right? Or I'm never going to do that again. Yet to go, when you get challenged, you make that same mistake again. Or seconds, right, to realize what skills or technologies, techniques we need to learn and add to our repertoire, right? Like Mario, he can jump on the Goombas, he gets the guy with the shell on his top, and he hits it, boom, he blows up. And you keep trying to jump on different parts of that shell, it's not going to work until you realize that you have to go eat that flower so you can shoot a fireball and kill him, right? So you got to... Right. So you got to learn different techniques and different ways of handling things. Right? I so, love how you just went to Nintendo. I love it, man. It's a video game analogy. It, it makes sense because we realize yeah. it's like you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah. You realize like, hey, I got to try something different. Right. Whatever you resist persists. I'm going to keep pretending it's not there. I'm going to keep doing the same thing. I'm force of will. I'm going to push through. It's not going to happen. So then we have to go, OK, cool. Stop doing that. But I can't do nothing. I got to do something. You have to learn. So a lot of times people put this idea like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to manifest my, my perfect relationship. Mm. And then they sit on their couch and they never pick up their phone. They don't go on the internet. They don't try to talk to anybody. 
very rare that someone's going to parachute through your roof into your house, right? It's not like Family Guy. It comes through until it's the kitchen table. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're saying there's not a chance. There is a chance, but, but very, yeah. very, yeah. very little, right? There's a chance anything could happen. Yeah. However, when you go out and you actually do become an active participant in it, yeah. your chances go up. Right. If you just think about this, it's not going to happen. When you think about it and you put your emotion behind it, better chance of happening. When you think about it, put your emotion behind it, and you bring it up. And we can spend a whole lot of time talking about the chakras and energy centers and the reproductive centers and energies coming up and kundalini and all these things that bring up into reality at the top of your head. Yeah. Right? When you actually put an active process behind it, that's when things change. So the takeaway, right? don't just think it. Do and make your change happen. Yeah. Right? Believe in yourself. Come from a place of abundance. And a manifest from that abundance what you want. Actually partake and be an active creator in your process because you are your own creator. We are our own divinity. We are our own walking gods. gods. Preach. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> it, it made me think, you know, if you want to win the lotto, you want to hit the jackpot, you have to buy a ticket. You got to be in it to win it, right? Like, yeah. but we've got these things because it's like, oh, it's ethereal. I just thought it's going to come to me. Like, no, I could think all day long about my backyard not having dandelions in it. Unless my ass is out there picking them out, they're going to be there tomorrow when I wake up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So then a few questions for you to wrap up the interview. What is a quote or motto that you live by? The standards we keep are the statements we make. Boom. You didn't even think about that one. I got a lot of them. I have a couple thousand quotes that I have written and they'll be coming out on my Instagram account soon and all quote cards, nice and done. So check that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The standards uh, we keep is the statements we make. I love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Ooh, I am currently reading Inner Engineering by Sad Guru, the Indian mystic. Mm. What's, a, what's a blip on that? It's about the same kind of stuff we're talking now, right? He uses yogic sciences and yogic mysticism to reconnect you better with reality and knowing that you are part of this one unified field. And if you're doing things outside that field, you're going to have friction. But when you do things within that field, you're going to have a wonderful, easy, beautiful life and be exactly where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Oh, that's a good read. Yeah, that's a very good read. All of his stuff is amazing. Okay, final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Ooh. Um, yeah, uh, I would very easily go with love yourself more. Hmm. Plain simple. and simple. Yeah. Love yourself more. You know, I've always been very insecure, and because of that, I made a lot of poor, poor choices with how I handled myself and represented myself. And it wasn't uh, up until the very recent future that I fully committed 100% to changing my lifestyle and changing my beliefs and knowing that I am enough. And it's because of that, so much more good has materialized in my life. And so much more things are changing that way in the future. So love yourself, know that you are enough and, and honor that. Proudly express yourself at every moment of your day and wear your truth on your outside. That's amazing, Ryder, and what a phenomenal note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to do this again. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube, guess what? 
you got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.